0: So good, so good. Good to see everybody here today. And I've got to kind of echo what was said earlier about uh, the parking lot and the greeters and uh, so thankful for them and those that serve. Now today was a mild day, but man, it gets cold out there sometimes and, and, uh, and our building is usually on the shaded side, so it's freezing in the morning. So I appreciate all those that always are there in the parking lot greeting us and then uh, getting a warm, friendly greeting in, in the entrance here. And so, isn't that good? I like that. Isn't that great? Where you kind of go where you're celebrated and not tolerated. Isn't that great? And, uh, and I've, I've been to both. And I like this, the other one. So, amen. Good to see everybody here. And I just want to uh, really welcome those that are joining us online. And just uh, throw this out. That if there's a prayer request or there's a prayer need or there's something that's going on in your life, you just need prayer and would like somebody to pray with you, um, please just comment um, below or, or um, get online and just contact us. And we want to pray with you. Whatever you're going through, whatever happening in your life, we just believe that God is going to move and move in a, an awesome way. And uh, how many are just thankful for when people pray for you? Amen. And just thankful for the power of prayer and and all those things. And, you know, um, I'm going just jump right into the Word. I believe that uh, this morning that as the Lord's been kind of speaking to us but as I see things unfolding and and the direction of our church, but also the church as a whole, is that really we we want to really be um, mission-centered and we want to be family-strong. And I believe that that's kind of what the Lord's been speaking for a long, long time to the church. Is just, come on, get caught up with the mission, be mission-centered, and be family-strong. And so in our church, we really want to focus on uh, family and marriage and children and love that. And how many you know the Lord, that's His design, right? That's His plan. And so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about that. But... You know, if you've been around and you've been uh, here and, and kind of just anywhere near what's been going on and you're really paying attention to what's been going on and uh, you're a Christian, you really kind of have to say to yourself that I believe that there is um, a, a plan, uh, kind of a, a high concentrated designated plan, specific plan to get to our kids. How many have kind of picked up on that? I mean, how many? The enemy hates family, can't stand marriage hates children that are healthy and love God and love their parents you know that just rubs him the wrong way and so anything that he can do to kill destroy and ruin and to separate that's what he's gonna do and uh, we also see that there is just really kind of a a, a, kind of a strategic plan really I guess I believe it is to really annihilate and to destroy innocence in our nation starting with children and uh, many people would call it brainwashing, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't believe it's from the Lord. I, I believe it's from another spirit. And it's a spirit of division, spirit of hate. It's a spirit of, of, uh, that just hates anything that's good and innocent. And how many know children are good and innocent when they're little? They don't know any better. And, uh, but they need people to teach them. How many know what I'm talking about? And so God really wants us as parents to, to teach our children. And this morning, I want to te- talk about that. I want to say some things before we pray. Um, but I also just have been stirred in my heart and, and in my spirit, I guess you could say, um, about some other things that I've been just been seeing and, and some of the things that have happened in our nation. And uh, I guess I guess sometimes, how many have ever come to a place where you're just, you're almost frustrated you don't know how to put it in words? Like, I'm just really frustrated about that. I, just, I can't explain why this is happening or how this is happening. And, and I guess um, if I just get on my soapbox for a moment, I, I have to kind of scratch my head a little bit and think, um, you know, of, of go back a little bit and think, um, how can people call themselves Christians and, and, and be okay and say that they're, you know, of God and, and then be okay with, with the, in, the enslaving of other people? How, how is that possible? How is it possible that people that call themselves Christians doing the Lord's work could vote for segregation and discrimination laws, actual codes that were set up and laws that were set up and you could be arrested for sitting on the wrong bus, you could be arrested for drinking out of the wrong water fountain and, and there was Christians that, that believed in this and, they, and there were some people, not everybody, there was people that called themselves godly that stood by this, the, the dehumanizing and, uh, and uh, um, kind of the annihilation of a people group and they thought that was okay. And we actually lived in that, you know, time where, you know, it was okay to do that. Uh, I don't know about you. That frustrates me. I can't explain. Where where does that even, I mean, how do you even comprehend that kind of understanding and that kind of belief system and that kind of uh, to do that and and to be that way and and many of you have have you know seen some things and recently in the last few years that have just kind of stirred up that frustration and say you know how can people who call themselves godly and call themselves Christians and say that they're working for the Lord even uh, the Holocaust and everything that happened against the six million people that were dehumanized and, and then annihilated Uh, and all in the name of God was standing with us as a country. God is uh, helping us be a great nation type deal. Come on, how many have ever been that? You just said, how did that happen? How can people think that way? How do you get to a place where that's okay? And that's, I, I just can't, I can't comprehend that. I can't understand that. And till this day, even today and putting this into context of today, I don't understand. I can't wrap my brain around people who call themselves Christians and believe it's okay to annihilate a baby in the womb. I can't wrap my brain around people that think it's okay to dehumanize something and somebody and then annihilate them. It's the same spirit that was working 500 years ago to dehumanize and, and to annihilate people. How many know That's not the spirit of Christ. I, and I don't understand how people can call themselves believers and be okay with that. I told you I'm getting my soapbox. I'm on my soapbox right now, amen, because it's not okay. I said it's not okay. And as a believer, you've got to stand on what is righteous, what is right, and what is just. The Bible says the throne of God is established on righteousness and justice, both working together. Come on, somebody working together. And so I believe if you're a Christian, you you need to be uh, marching. uh, You need to be uh, fighting for the right of life. Amen. The right to live. You need to be the voice for those that can't speak for themselves. Anybody listening? Amen. Thank God for the civil rights movement, but thank God for the pro-life movement. Amen. Because it's the same attitude. It's the same spirit that we believe in life, that we believe in freedom. Anyone? Anybody? I'm not political by no means. I don't get into that at all from the, pul- the pulpit. You know that. But I'm going to tell you right now, as Christians, we've got to live according to the word of God. And we've got to declare what the Bible declares and stand on what the Bible declares. I don't care what, what, what nation you're from. I don't care what language you speak. I don't care what co- color, uh, color of your skin. If you're a believer in Jesus, we believe in this word. And we vote this way. I, should, I shouldn't say that. But we believe this way. You vote any way you want to. But I believe that if you're a Christian... You should be packing the Golden Strip in October, amen, with a sign that says the right to life. Amen. Hello. Not because, well, I don't vote that way. I don't believe in that. I don't, you know, I, I, I believe in, uh, in uh, poverty alleviation and housing and all those things. No, we believe in life, number one. And so I just want to say that, and this is not a political speech or anything like that in any anyways mean, but I'm telling you so it, the, the, the attack that's on our children today is grossly uh, wicked. Amen. And I think that we need as Christians to say, if I if I don't believe in one thing, amen, that I, I can say I gotta believe in I don't believe in this either, amen. And so I, I think that's something I can't figure out why Christians are doing that, and while people are standing on certain things today but how many know if we're a christian we're a believer amen we've got to stand where god stands we've got to speak what god speaks and we got to say what god says and that doesn't have anything to do with the way you vote that is everything to with who you are as a person as a christian amen how many know you can't separate what you believe from who you are Amen? You can't say, yeah, I believe in one thing, but I live another. It just, you can't separate that. Well, I'm going to get off my soapbox and get into the Word of God. Psalms chapter 78, um, just something that was stirring in my heart, um, how that people just continue just to um, really just live outside of God's Word and call themselves Christians, I I guess I just don't understand that, but we're praying for those people, we love people, and we, we believe that maybe you just influence um, another source, and, and I believe it's time to get back to God's word. But um, one of the things I, I just want to bring out today is really about teaching our children. It's so important that not only do we do stand for life and protect um, the innocent um, and, and the voiceless, but I believe that it's important that we teach our children. Um, because you can't just assume that if I just take my kids to the church, they're going to be okay. If I just, you know, um, you know let them figure it out, then they'll just kind of find their way in life and it'll be okay. Um, that's just not the way God programmed children. God didn't program us that way. And so I think it's so important that we take some time today and talk about the importance of teaching our children. Because we want to be family strong. Amen? Amen. Right? We want family strong. In Psalms chapter 78... Chapters two. I'm just going to read. Start in in chapter two. Uh, In the, I believe it's in the um, New King James or New Living. I'm sorry. It says this in Psalm 78, chapter two, verse four. For I will speak to you in a parable. Now this is Asaph. Asaph. He was talking to. the the people of God. I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you the hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders. When Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, one of the first places they uh, happened to find themselves was at the Red Sea. And after the crossing of the Red Sea and the tremendous victory and Pharaoh's army uh, being drowned in the Red Sea, one of the things the Bible records is that Moses sang a song Miriam and the children, and the women grabbed their tambourines. they shouted, they danced, they partied, they had got their praise on, it was awesome and the Bible says that Moses wrote a song and the song of Moses went something like this, my father's God and I will exalt him How many have ever heard that? Back in the 80s, we sang a song like that, and I believe I sang it wrong. I I used to read the scripture wrong until I actually looked it up. How many have ever done it as a Christian? Like, you just sang the song forever, and then you looked it up, and you're like, oh, that's not what it says. (laughs) Anyway, so, you know, and uh, so one of the things it says, it says, my father's God. My father's God, and I will exalt him, meaning the God of my father's. So Moses came to a place, even though he was, not, he was raised in the house of Pharaoh, he was not raised by his biological father. I believe he knew him and his mother. I believe eventually he, he that's what the Bible says, he kind of went back to his roots. But he found out that his God served the God of Abraham, a God, a God long before, that his fathers had passed down to him this faith. And so when he sang the song, he didn't say, my father's God, because that was kind of Pharaoh's house, he didn't sing it like that. He said, but the God of my fathers, meaning that there was faith that was passed down from him from generation to generation that he got a hold of that he initially didn't know, but he went back to the people of God, went back to his roots in God, and now he's declaring my father's God, the the God that my fathers worshiped, the God that they saw who was faithful to them and led them and kept them. He said, that's my God, and I will exalt him. How many know there's this passing down and there's this imparting and equipping to the next generation that we need to understand? Amen. This isn't just about our generation. This is about our children, our children's children, and their children. That's how God sees things. God doesn't see things like our little world. He, yes, he blesses us. Yes, he does some things. But how many know God sees generations from now? Amen. Aren't you glad that, amen, maybe there was somebody in your family, maybe years ago, that believed God, that was godly, that prayed, that sought the Lord, that was a Christian. Isn't that neat to find people in your history, family history, that, wow, they were a preacher. I didn't know that. In fact, um, in in, in our family, on my mother's side, we found out um, that there was a, a preacher that came over to, I believe it was Providence, Rhode Island, in like 1596, and he was a preacher, and so I can honestly say that it's just part of who I am, right? But, but in that neat, when you find something like that. And so Moses is saying here that there's been a passing down of this faith. There's just been imparting at some point that the, the God of my fathers, and I'm going to exalt him. And so we can ask ourselves, what would be the most important thing that you could give your kids or leave with your children? It would be faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. How many believe that? It would be the knowledge of God, that God loves them and he has a plan for their life and that they would find God at an early age and then they would live out the principles of the Bible. You see, the responsibility of every parent is to live and teach life principles from the Bible. And the responsibility of every child is that they are receive that instruction, they respond to it, and they live it out. Amen. I like what the Christian author said. Bob Telbert, he said, teaching kids to count is fine, but teaching them what counts is best. Amen. How many believe that? And I also read an article recently, and, and it, it kind of described this generation. And it said that we are a generation of grown-ups bending over to accommodate our children's every want, while simultaneously requiring nothing from them in return. This generation of kids who's been overindulged, overprotected, and generally overparented, seems to be overwhelmingly unprepared to live in the real world. Amen. And that's kind of where we find ourselves. But how many know God's way of teaching, God's ways of raising your kids will produce people who are God-fearing, promise-keeping, hard-working, successful living people who will impart to this culture from generation to generation for the glory of God. Amen. That's God's will. That's God's way. Amen. And so we believe that. Let's go to a familiar passage of scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you'll turn or click there. It says Deuteronomy chapter 6. I love these verses, uh, of these chapters, chapter 4, 5, and 6 are really good, really powerful actually. Such declaration that the Lord is, is bringing here and, and really bringing them into perspective about Um, kind of the future of the nation of Israel it's really good Deuteronomy chapter 6 starting in verse 5 says Lord love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength take to heart these words that I give to you today repeat them to your children talk about them when you're at home or away when you lie down when you get up write them down tie them around your wrist and wear them as headbands as a reminder right forget about the Nike ones wear these right And write them on the door frames of your homes and on your gates. I mean, think about this. And then he repeats it in chapter 11 and a few other places in the Bible. Then the key verse, go down to verse 29, and it says, Follow my commands carefully, then teach them to your children. Amen. Can you see the correlation of relationship here and family? And not only that, but it wasn't something that send your kids to church once a year At Christmas or send them to youth camp or send them off to some kind of Christian education program and then and then it'll be okay no it was about a relationship that you were supposed to have as a parent with your child teaching them the Word of God in everyday life amen it was supposed to be part of your home it was supposed to be in your home and on your home for that matter amen and it was supposed to be something that was, uh, you could see and you could hear and you could uh, touch. And that was so part of your fa- the fa- uh, fabric of your family and what you did on a daily basis. And I believe that's the importance of God's word, isn't it? Amen. And uh, one of the things in Deuteronomy chapter 4, he, he told the people, uh, he said, Never forget the things that I've done for you. Never forget those things. Always remember those things. Be sure to pass them on to your children and your grandchildren then they will reverence me as long as they live, and then they will teach their children to reverence me. I mean, you know, there's a, this impartation, this passing down of, of the, not just the knowledge of God, but this relationship with the Lord. Amen. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, going over to the New Testament, I love this when Paul begins to talk about marriage and family in Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, and makes it very clear. He says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, talks about your children, and he says, "Fathers, don't uh, frustrate your children, um, but bring them up, raise them up with a discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord." This is a form of teaching. So, as as we look at those words, discipline, and and, and one place he says, "Bring your children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord." That's forms of teaching, different forms of teaching, the way that you're supposed to teach your children about the Lord. So, how many know teaching is training, right? And training is what? Talking. How many know you've got to talk to your kids about the Lord? You can't just be like point to the Bible. Or send them off to church. How many you gotta talk about it? You have a discussion so that's what it means. And you can't just talk at your kids. You talk with your kids. Right, You don't just talk down to your kids or talk at them, you talk with your kids. That's what it's talking about. And uh, then there's this other form that we see of teaching that the Bible begins to explain to us, this this teaching. It says there's this talking, explaining, and then this hands-on type teaching. Uh, uh, Experience that you 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 kind of let them give them responsibility, and you you kind of do this hands-on training type deal. You know, when one of my sons was in soccer, I've told this story before, and he was little, and he was in soccer, and um, I coached most of my. Uh, sons in soccer, and it was fun, it was great, Um, but uh, I didn't happen to coach um, my one son in in this particular year, and he's just a little guy, just kind of neat, and uh, I'll never forget, if we're going to the first practice, I thought, this okay, first practice, get it, you know, the coach would sit them around in circles, and they would talk about what they liked, and their favorite ice cream, and all this stuff, and then by like the second and third practice, they were doing this, right, and then they would watch soccer games on TV, and they would have ice cream, or whatever they did, I don't know what they did, and it was just like he wanted to be buddies with them. And everything and you know what they lost every single game that year so i'm like stop doing the circle and picking grass and do some skills they didn't do any skills or anything and they lost every game how many know you've got to teach in order to win you've got to teach in order to do it you can't just say hey we're a soccer team and then don't do any drills or anything how many know you're just gonna be horrible that's right but a lot of christians are like that hey we're christian family But yet, we don't talk about the Lord. We don't teach our kids the things of God. We don't really discuss what is right, what is wrong, what God's word says. We kind of just let the TV do it. We just kind of let the internet, well, they can Google God. (laughs) I mean, that's not how kids learn about God. That's not how you raise godly kids. That's not how what the Bible meant when you teach kids, amen, the things of the Lord, right? Hope that's okay. And so, after that, I think I I tried to coach them and... Anyways, so it says this in, in Proverbs and over and over again. Hear the instruction of your father. Listen to the wisdom of your mother. Listen to the instruction from your parents or the parental uh, 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 people in your life that are your, your parental figures and, and those that are kind of taking responsibility for you. Listen to them. Listen to your father figures or father. And, um, and you know what's, what's amazing about this is that there's not a lack of information. How many of you know there's not a lack of information in, in our society, there's not a, lot, a lack of instruction, but he makes it very clear it's the right kind of instruction. It's the instruction that comes from a father. He describes the type of instruction. He didn't say instruction that comes from culture, instruction that comes from your friends, instruction that comes from the media. He said instruction that comes from your parents. Amen. So there, there again is that responsibility that we both have, both parents and children. But also, if you look at that, and there's that family correlation why does the Bible talk about fathers, not just say, hey, you know what, when they're a certain age, just pack their bags, send them to church, and, you know, let them stay at the church. I think that would be a great idea for a lot of parents. They'd think it's cool. Like, maybe my kids can stay here for like six days out of the week, and then we'll meet up Sunday and talk, right? Anyways, no, that's not the way it is. He said, man, this has got to be part of your home. This has got to be part of your family. This is, this is what happens in your home. And, and why? Because it's better when this is learned through relationship instruction is better learned through relationship right anybody come on it's learned better than relationship and also when they're young and we won't get into that and when they're young the bible says why because if kids will really learn to hear God or learn to know God at a young age I believe that they need to hear the voice of God if they won't hear it from from in our homes they'll hear it from culture not the voice of God, but they'll hear our voice, but they'll hear the voice of culture. And if we don't teach our children to follow Jesus or follow the teachings of Christ, amen, the world will teach them not to. That's just the kind of the spirit of our age. I like this word here. He says that you need to explain it to your children. Tell it to your children. When he says tell it to your children, we're like, well, we can do that. Everybody just be quiet. I'm going to speak, and then I'm gonna, we're, we're going to be good. No, he says explain it. To your children right that's part of being a teacher did you know that every parent in this room whether you're a single parent or whatever you, you are graced by God anointed by God amen empowered by God to teach you are a teacher you are an instructor you are uh, an influencer you are uh, somebody that is can break it down and explain it to somebody else Amen. you may not know how to explain to somebody how to put together a shelf too good. Come on, husbands. But we can explain some things to our kids, right? Amen, right. So uh, in Exodus chapter 13, verse 8, if you're taking notes, it says, During the celebration days each year, you must explain to your children why you are celebrating. Don't just say, hey, get to the celebration or, and if you don't celebrate when we're there, you're going to get in big trouble. He said, "Explain it to him. What was the celebration? Is what the Lord did for you when He brought you out of Egypt. It was a big deal to explain to your kids why we take in communion." Why are we doing what we're doing? Why do we go to the temple once a year? Why do we sacrifice? Why do we do those things? That's what he's saying. And how many know it's important that we do those things? So again, the picture is, as you're living your life, as you're, you know, uh, raising your kids, as you're doing life, you need to really teach your kids about the Lord. Amen. as you're doing life, amen. Now, I would say this, that most of us in here, we would love to be that picture-perfect family. We'd love to sit around the table, have dinner every night at exactly the same time, and everybody shares their heart, and then we memorize scripture, and and then we draw pictures about Jesus and the disciples and stuff. How many know, for most of us, it's not like that. We're lucky if we can even see each other when we eat our food, right? Come on, right? And we just and and yet there's that desire like we want to do this, we want to pray with our kids, we want to talk to our kids about the Lord. We want, I really want to do this. And so the Lord knows that. And so, but he gives us this guideline that we can do that. And if you're a grandparent, you have a, a good a real strong role in this, and you have an important part to play in your grandkids' life about teaching them the ways of the Lord. How many have grandparents that really love God and you learn something about the Lord from them, amen? That They really love God and they could pray and, and uh, sometimes they're the only ones, believers in the family, right? And, uh, but thank God for them. And so we're to teach our kids. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse six. Very familiar passage of scripture, but I wanna bring a couple of truths out about this. It says, train up a child in the way that he should go and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. A lot of things I can say about that, but immediately we think of the word train, right? There it is. Train up a child in the way that we should go. Now, let me just put it in a very practical picture for you. When you think of train, now that's not what the writer of Proverbs said. That's not what Solomon said because he didn't know what a train was back then, but we do. Now, think about train, and it's kind of a practical teaching. When you think of train, you think of the engine with cars, right? It's pulling the cars behind it, but some Important things about a train is important that it, it's important to stay on the same track. I mean, you know, your kids are coming along the same track. You're connected. That's what you do. You stay connected. You go on the same track and you're leading by example. You're not just dragging your kids through life. You're leading them. In the ways of the Lord. And, and come on, in righteous or whatever you want to say. And so it's that picture. I like that picture when you think of train up your kids. Think of, we're the engine. We've got to get it together, right? And they're connected and we're going in a direction and we're going to stay on the same track. In fact, that word there, raise your children in the fear and administer of the Lord. It means teach them words that will keep them on course. Amen. Teach your kids the words of God, of course, that will keep them on course that's what it means and 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 I, and I like this kind of like this picture because parents are to be the initiators right we're to initiate it we're to we're to set the example we're to set the direction and then fuel the hearts of our kids uh, for the destination that God has for them and the principles of God so you think of that way the parents are the uh, initiators and children are the imitators, right? They're the imitators. They're, they're going to hear your words, follow your example, and, and so give them something great to imitate. Amen. Because parents are initiators and children are imitators. I also think of the word train when uh, getting more a little bit more closer to the definition. Train, it's like a boot camp. Uh, you know, now some of you... Uh, Parents, you run your house like the military. That's fine as long as you get the good military results and nobody goes AWOL, right? So you get that picture. It's boot camp. We're training. But what, what, and you know, we think of job training as well. What is that all about? You know what that's about? It's about preparation. You're not just, you're not just teaching the kids to be quiet in the car so you can order Chick-fil-A without anybody screaming in the back, right? You're not just want peace so that when you come home from work, you can just chill, right? That's not why we're training our kids. We're training our kids for the future. We're training our kids for, for life and preparation for life choices and life lessons, right? Come on, to live a life as an adult, amen? So we're training our kids to do those things. So I think of developing kids and influencing them and directing them And I like this word, raising them up. You're actually raising your kids up like in a garden. Amen. You plant the seed, you fertilize it, you take care of it, right? And what happens? That that plant begins to raise up. And that's what we do with our kids. We want our kids to raise up, right? And so we're raising our kids up. I love that. We're not uh, suppressing our kids. We're not keeping them under. We're raising our kids up, amen, to be the adults that God wants them to be and they need to be, right? Amen. So okay. so going to this, what, what, obviously what is the, the reason we train our kids and it's so important to teach our kids? Is it just that so we look good on social media and we, we present ourselves as the perfect parent or we just have that really cool uh, home? No, it's, it's to teach them life lessons and life choices through God's word. So that's the importance of teaching your kids. You can write that down. Teaching your kids is about life lessons and life choices through God's word. So you are the life teacher. You are the life coach. You are the, the educator, the instructor, the one who teaches children life. That's what a life teacher is. Someone who teaches their children about life and life and life choices. And So why do we need to do that quickly? Three things, why do we teach our kids? Number one, because kids don't know, inherently know. They just don't know inherently. They don't, it doesn't, you know, each child doesn't come with this little disc that you just put in at a certain age. They download all this information. They instantly know right from wrong, right, and, and all this stuff, right? So they have to, kids don't inherently know. Kids don't learn without instruction. That's in a principle. Kids don't learn without instruction. Now, whether it's good instruction or bad instruction, kids learn one way or the other. And some of you guys are here today, and part of your testimony is, I learned the bad way from my parents. I learned the hard way, right, through life. And so we, we, we have to make sure that we're really kind of understanding that kids won't learn without instruction. And the third thing is God designed children to be parented. I mean that's God's design. God design wasn't design was that when your kids 3 years old then you just just everything. What do you feel about this? How do you think about that? What do you, what do you want our family to do? Where should we live here? I mean you're 3, you live here. You're you're important. I mean you're, you know, how I many know kids, kids don't make those decisions? They don't want to make those decisions. They don't know how to make those decisions. And so I believe that this is the, this is the, the evil, really, that's kind of pre- pre- prevalent in our world and our society today, that now you're, you're introducing homosexuality at such a young age when kids not, aren't even thinking about that, don't even know how to spell the word, don't even understand what the concept is, and now you be what you want to be. How I many know that takes the role of parenting totally out of their life? right? And who speaks to that? Culture speaks to that. And that's, that's the opposite of God's way. Culture is not supposed to teach your ch- child. You're not supposed to take them down, drop them off at the local, you know, whatever, at five years old and say, here, you teach them, then I'll get them back and then we'll be a family. No, it's your responsibility to do it God's way. Amen, right? Amen. And how many know just because it's popular doesn't make it right? But what's in God's word is right, and so we've got to stick to God's word. Now, there's going to be a lot of things that happen that we're going to be like, I don't know how to feel about that. Okay, it's okay to do that. Yep, it's good. You know, all those things, but you've got to make those decisions based on the, the word of God. And so I realized that, but th- this is where we're at today, where we're just asking kids how they feel. Kids are like... I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how to feel. They need a parent. They need someone who understands life, who gets it, who's going to lead them in a right way, not in this way of whatever your passion is, whatever your desires are. Kids just aren't there, right? They need to be parented. God designed kids to be parented. Amen. Amen. The author, Christian author, Andy Andrews, really said that um, you're not just raising good kids. He said you're raising kids to be good adults. So you're just not raising good kids. It's not about just good kids. Again, it's about adults. Because how many uh, children today are being faced with adult situations and decisions that they don't know how to make those decisions. And they end up really ruining their life for years and years and years to come. They're, They're damaging their life by being put in these situations and it really isn't good and it takes them a lifetime to figure out these things and I believe that we could save our kids a lot of problems a lot of heartache and a lot of uh, anxiety and depression if we'll just raise them God's way amen so one of the things that's interesting to understand and, and to really think about is a child doesn't ask you what are life's lessons has your child ever said that to you five years old how do I be an integral person they don't ask you that. You have to tell them that. The Bible doesn't say, wait to your kids to ask you. Wait for your kids, just pray. And wait for your kids to ask you about life's lessons. No, the Bible says, start teaching them as soon as you can. Start putting God's word in as soon as you can. Amen. Child doesn't ask those things. They don't say, hey, can, how can I be an integral person? What is the right choice and everything? How many know? Some of you are working with your kids really hard just not to lie. <laughs> like not to hit another person, right? We just don't, we don't take that, that's not ours, we just, why? The kids have this, this built in, right? Kids come with built in features, and it's our job to kind of work in God's features so that they can be transformed into God's image, amen? So I, I thought about this um, the other day, how kids just have this thing that's built into them about pushing your buttons, like, this just in kids. They just, they just have this thing about pushing boundaries, right? They just, I don't It's like, where did they learn that? Like, like, I don't even let you get out of the house. You're five years old. We don't even do much. To, I mean, where did you learn this, right? But how many know that's just in them? And so we need to teach them some certain things about uh, life and about um, life choices. But I feel like, just let me throw some things out. And um, just in closing about how some things we should teach our kids. So just throw these things out. And uh, just kind of as a guideline and maybe some good ideas, amen, uh, in your home. But I believe, first of all, we need to teach our kids to love God. You've got to teach your kids to love God. Well, I force my kids to go to church and raise their hands. They don't raise their hands. They get a spanking when they get home. They get disciplined. They do this. They have to do the dishes. They get grounded for a month. That's not teaching your kids to love God. (laughs) Teach your kids to love God. Remember this. Two things. Number one, before I share all these things, this comes from a heart of love. Number one. Also, it comes from your example how you love the Lord and how you listen to the Lord, right? How you obey God's word, amen. So we teach our kids to love God, who God is, what God has said, genuine relationship with the Lord, authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what we teach our kids. We teach our kids to reverence God and honor the things of God or the things about Christianity and the Christian faith, all those things. Beginning, this is the beginning of wisdom, the Bible says. This is how your kids get smart is to fear God. Did you know that? That's the beginning of wisdom, the Bible says. Teach your kids to fear God and to love God. Um, Teach your children the convictions of truth and and the absolute uh, of truth and God's word. Teach them the story of the Bible. Teach them about the mission of Jesus, the gospel of salvation. Give your kids a biblical worldview. Teach them how to worship God on their own and why we worship God alone. Teach your kids that. Teach your kids to be a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. Teach them to be a good steward. Teach your kids about law and grace. Teach them about truth and love. Amen? And there's people they don't that, that, that uh, are in our family and they don't know the Lord. Teach them about love and grace. Teach them about law and truth. Amen? Um, because the Bible says that God's word is medicine. And so if God's word is medicine, how many know it's good for your kids? You know, your kids, your kids need medicine even at a young age. But one of the things about medicine and about God's word is, number one, it brings you to wholeness. Number two, it's preventive. And I think that's where we come from when we teach God's word. It's not just about counterculture and don't do this and don't do that. It's coming to a place of wholeness as a person and also preventive. Amen. How many know some, some medicine is really good preventive? So, and then it, I really believe that we need to, number two, love others. Teach your kids to love others. And and by the way, give your kids that purpose of God early in their lives, that they have a purpose, that God knew them before they were born and while they were in in the womb and while they were, uh, you know, being shaped and God was making their eyelashes and their fingers and it was God that created them. Give them a sense of purpose, that God knew you before you were born, they were born, God called them before they were born, God loved them before they were born, amen? Come on, give your kids purpose, purpose of God. But teach your kids to love others. Teach them what true love is. Teaching about choosing a partner for the rest of their life, even at a young age, what's important in relationships. Honor and holiness in their life. Honor and holiness when it comes to other relationships. Teach your, your children to have family values and teach them about roles in marriage um, and, and who they need to be. And you say, well, I don't want to teach my kids about marriage because, well, that's who they're going to be someday maybe for the most part, Right? And we do that at a young age, certain ways. Teach them about commitment and loyalty, the value of Christian community, the commitment to a local body of believers serving one another, gifts and callings that God has put in their life. Teach them to honor age and show compassion for those in need. Teach them that prejudice is intolerable for a Christian. Teach them to love others. Teach them about self-awareness. Amen. And I know a lot of people are tripping over this one, but it's so important. Teach them about self-awareness. They are God's creation and design. Teach your kids that they are God's creation and they're beautiful. They're wonderful. The way God made them. Even if your child has a disability, teach them that God loves them and he made them. He created them. Come on, somebody. Amen. Teach your children about sexuality. That's your job, not the cultures, not the churches. That's your job as a parent. Teach them about their identity in, in Christ, but also in the natural. There's boys and there's girls. Amen. How many know your, your, your young little boy, he may not uh, want to like, climb trees and chop wood? That's okay. <laughs> Amen. That's all right. Little girl, she may not want to wear a tiara and play with Barbie. That's okay. But teach them the role of a man, the role of a woman or a boy and girl at a young age. And teach them to grow in their identity in God. God created them a certain way and they can flourish in that identity. Amen. Right? Teach them healthy self-esteem. Teach them healthy self-worth. And why do I say healthy? Because there's an unhealthy self-esteem that you can give your children. And because if not, if you don't teach them a healthy self-esteem, they'll learn hurtful self-love. Teach them healthy self-esteem. Teach them humility. Teach them self-denial, self-control. Anybody? Come on, restraint. We don't just act out on everything we feel and everything we want. Teach them about passions and desires at a young age. How I many you know when you come to the Lord, he doesn't kill your passions and desires. He redirects them. <laughs> he just redirects them, that's all. We can still have those things, amen, but it's good. And, and there's a difference between building your children up and inflating them and and a lot of today it's just about parents just uh, just kind of uh, just over inflating their children and with with false confidence self-confidence and really it, be, it becomes narcissistic where everything revolves around them and it's all about if it doesn't work out we'll just spend some money we'll just do this and that person we'll just we'll just go to the school and we'll yell at the teachers and we'll get you to another school and so that everything can be perfect and comfortable for you amen how many know it doesn't work out that way teach them about self-awareness, amen, teach them about life's choices, working hard, diligence, consistency, amen. providing, teach them about money, teach them about spending and saving and giving, teach them to be generous and how generosity works in the kingdom about the gift and the law of receiving and giving, teach them to be honest, integral, uh, teach, them, teach them about friends and relationships, Amen. How many know that every relationship isn't good relationships? Amen. Teach them about how to choose friends and teach them about um, things to avoid in life and and things that will uh, destroy their life, but also things that will enhance their life. Amen. Equip your kids for the real world. (laughs) Amen. Give them tools to win. Whatever you teach your kids, give them the tools to win. Don't just say, you don't do this, we don't do this, we don't do that. Give them the tools to win. Amen. And what does that mean? Sometimes teach them about what they're supposed to do when they're angry. What do they do when somebody has wronged them? Teach them about forgiveness. Those are things, are tools to win in the Christian faith. Amen. Teach them about life's lessons, suffering and pain and loss and disappointment, success and failure. Amen. Teach them how to learn and be learners. And, and, and the Bible says, teach them to be, to how to listen and when to speak. These are things, things that we teach our kids. Respond the right way to negative situation. Teach them to respond to people that hate them and bully them. Teach them to respond in a, in a positive way, in a Christian way, to life's disappointments. How many you know you're going to be disappointed in life? Teach your kids about disappointments. It doesn't always, you can't always just fix everything and make everybody go your way. Say you know what? Sometimes you're just gonna to have to go everybody else's way, right? Amen. Um, and then, and then also, you know, a couple of things I wrote down and teach them what happens when you get lemons. <laughs> teach them those life lessons. Teach them about what happens when things don't go their way or when they don't get they want. Uh, to roll with the punches. To just let water run off their back. Amen. Just let things go. How to forgive. How to respect, how to honor. Listen more than they talk. Treat men and women with respect. When you fall, get back up. How many of these are some good life lessons to teach your kids? Teach your kids that. Amen. That sometimes you're going to fall and you're going to get hurt, but you got to get back up. Amen. Right? Amen. And yes, we want to protect our kids. Yes, we want to provide the best for them. Yes, we want to give them things that we didn't have. Amen. But we also have to give them something very precious, and that is God's Word. And the life lessons and the life principles that are in God's word. But as a parent, I think it's so important that as we close today to understand that first of all, as the Bible says, you follow the teachings of the Bible. Then you pass them on to your children. And I don't know about you, but some of us are in here and we kind of grew up maybe in a home that we, we went to people went to church and said they were Christian, but they did not live the Christian life at home. And in fact, there was a, a very different life at home. There was a hypocritical side to our parents. But how many know God wants you to just say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to forgive them. And I'm going to be the one that does it the good way, the right way. I'm not gonna just, just going to teach everybody else and talk to my kids. I'm going to live this life first. Amen. How many believe that God wants us to teach our kids and that this is a generation that is filled with information, but it's also a generation that can be filled with godly instruction, amen, that can raise up, amen, a a godly generation, kids that really love God, that are God-fearing, that keep their promises, amen, that live successfully in the Lord, that really show this generation what it is to love God with all their heart. How many believe God wants us to raise people up like that? I mean, I know it's possible. Some of you may say, well, my kids aren't living at home anymore, and, and I, I kind of didn't do a good job, and, and I missed some things. I do believe that God can make up for lost time. I do believe that God can restore relationships. Come on, somebody. I and mean, God can heal hearts, and God can do those things. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to say we're going to start right where we are. Maybe you have a new family, you're just starting out. Maybe you have kids that have been grown up for several years and married. You've got great-grandchildren now. I mean, you're, you're way up there. You're ahead of us, a lot of us. You've got great-grandchildren. But, you know, you still play a vital role in everyone's lives, in their lives. You can still deposit something amazing in their life from God's Word. Live the life and then teach from God's Word. How many believe God wants us to teach our kids, amen, God's way? Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. Let's stand on our feet today. And I'm going to read scripture again and just encourage you. In Psalm 78, what we opened up with, I love this. This was actually Asaph was a leader in the in the congregation, but he also was a father of many children and a tremendous man of God. And he said, I'm going to speak to you or to the people in a parable. And this was a messianic prophecy, by way, about Jesus. And I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders. Amen. Why is it important to teach our kids about the Lord and teach them biblical principles? I believe it's, first of all, to know God and make Him known. I believe that we are to make him known to the next generation. We have that responsibility. We have that mission that God has put. And how many believe that God's given us the grace to do that? If a parent today and you're feeling overwhelmed with with just parenting and, and being a parent, maybe you're thinking about praying about having children and you're just nervous about entering into parenthood, I want you to know there's a grace there for you. There's a grace that you walk in. There's just, I can't explain it. I mean, we weren't, I don't know, I can say that I was ready for it, but when we brought our first son home, just a little guy, I was just like, how am I going to do this? What are we going to do? I mean, I'm responsible to name this guy for the rest of his life. You know, like, it's so important. But how many know there was a grace that you move in as a parent? And you receive that grace. You say, Lord, with the same grace that you have upon me and that same enabling power that you give me to be a parent, I believe that as I open your word, you're going to just grace me to see these teachings in your word. And I want to live them out first, and then I want to be able to pass them down to my children. We may not sit around the table every night. We may not have Bible studies every night or every week, but Lord, how can I teach these to my kids? How can I train them up in the ways of God? I believe that we need to be good stewards. This is why we teach our children. We teach our children to be good stewards of the things of God, to be faithful with God's giftings in our life, what God has given us, and the callings that are on our life. We need to be faithful and good stewards, and then... Lastly, the blessing and the goodness of the Lord goes from generation to generation. How does the blessing of God go from generation to generation? It's when parents pass it down to their children intentionally. Amen. How many want to see the blessing of the Lord in this generation? How many believe there is a blessing of the Lord in this generation? I do believe that. I don't believe that this generation is lost and gone and we might as well wait for Jesus to come back. I believe God is raising up and has raised up right now this generation. They're not the future church. They are the church. They're part of the church. Amen. And God has people and God has these ways that we can raise up our kids and so I'm excited about that today. Amen. How many believe that with all your heart? So I want to pray for you as a parent. I'm going to pray for you as a grandparent, a great grandparent and aunt, uncle that are helping raise kids. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. Your word just has its such power. It's so unique, Lord, that it speaks to our heart, but it brings life, health, and wholeness to our situation, Lord. It brings answers to to the questions that we have. It it brings instructions to the knowledge that we need, Lord. It just absolutely fills in the gaps in our personality or homes and wherever we need it, Lord, I pray that you would help us extract the truth from your word about loving each other as parents and loving our kids and teaching them the ways of the Lord and being that example, being that engine, amen, in that first line of that train, Lord, being that example first. I pray, Lord, that you would just bless every home that's represented here today. Of those that are online, I pray you would bless their marriage. Those here today, that you would increase and strengthen their love, strengthen their commitment towards one another. And if they're single, parents, I pray that you would enable them and grace them like never before. Let them walk in that grace. Hallelujah. Power. Of being a parent. Lord, we just pray that you would release just a just a fresh spirit, a refreshing over this generation, Lord. They may they know the goodness of the Lord. May they know the blessing of the Lord. May Lord they see the revelation like Samuel and he have that revelation of God and his voice in their lives, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would move in such a way that people are gonna be healed and made right and restored. That we can honestly say that we're family strong. Hallelujah, Lord. We just pray that you would bless the marriages, the family, the children. Lord, I just pray that you would put a hedge of protection around about our children. pray you would protect their ears and what they're hearing, their eyes and what they're seeing, their hearts. Lord, in Jesus' name, put a hedge around about their hearts, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we just pray that you would help us as a church and congregation to support, Lord, and do and and to help, Lord, the children's ministry and, and the youth ministry and some of these other ministries that we're reaching out to, Lord, that we would help parents be parents and kids be kids and Lord, that we'd be family strong. we just give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you for what you're doing in my house, in my marriage, in my life. And I give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning? Thank God for what he's doing in our home.